0: Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a proud ray of Manx artistic celebration. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, a bit of jazz in the Mananand Festival. We catch up with the festival director, Pip Rolfe, as he breathes again at the end of this year's event. Litfest 2023 is go and more wonderful music in Ramsey. Remember, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to join in the chorus put in the spotlight. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, ceramics, etc, 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 etc. We all know it. Email spotlight at manxradio.com, howardcane at manxradio.com. Get your name in the lights and on the radio. (laughs) Not often we do jazz on Spotlight But the festival closer of this year's event Was one of the great saxmen on the British scene Dave O'Higgins With his Harvey O'Higgins project Wonderful stuff it was too And judging by the number of people Clutching a CD at the end I like to think he brought a few more Island residents into the jazz-loving firmament Fellow Jumping In presenter Brother Chris and myself Had a quick chat with the boys after the gig And Dave admitted it was the first time for him On the Isle of Man
1: Yeah, pleasure. Yeah, it's great to be here in the Isle of Man for the first time ever. And um, uh, good to be here with these great musicians as well. uh, Harvey O'Higgins project. So tell us how the project came together then. Um, Let me see. Uh, I guess Graham and I have been playing together for many, many years. Two
2: bands with the same people
1: in it. Two bands? I was leading one band that had these
2: people and Dave had a quartet as well and we decided to amalgamate it. So that's more or less what happened, isn't it? Yeah. And then we, we struggled for a name because it's a collective. And in the end, two people's names seemed a bit more sensible than all four. But actually, we're all in this thing together. Because we all love the music. I
3: have to say, we quite often play... uh, There's a lot of Polish jazz out there. And I picked up an album, and I can't tell you what it was, but it had four (laughs) people's names in it. It's bad enough trying to pronounce one (laughs) Polish name, uh, let alone to put four together. But a a really nice set this evening, and a nice mixture of, uh, obviously... Uh, original material, uh, including Your Back Garden, with a little bit of summertime <laughs> thrown in, obviously uh, taking advantage of the windy weather outside, but also some nice show tunes in there. And we're just thinking about show tunes. It's, there's so many great tunes out there. And, in fact, uh, My Fair Lady, obviously famously Andre Previn, or Preview, as uh, would be said by morkham and Wise, and um, uh, George Shearing before him, and and also many great others. But I thought about... What about all the new musicals that are coming out? Because quite often there's some good tunes, but I haven't heard a great many take it into the jazz canon. And I thought also, is there a show that just grabs somebody, thinking of Cannibal Adderley when he did Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. So was that a particular favourite, or was it because of some of those other recordings that you were led to playing uh, that particular tune?
2: Uh, I, th- I think what happens is you maybe you play the tune on another gig with another artist or something, and certain ones, like, like it did in the 50s, you know... The, yeah. Dave Brubeck would record something, and the next thing you know other bands are playing, yeah, no, sure. so you know those tunes are just great the, I think the ethos of the band is that we there's enough great material over the history of the last hundred years that we we don't have to look far t- to get the most out of those kind of tunes you know they're still difficult and they still give you a, a lot of space to improvise yeah so it's improvisation is our key, not innovation we're not breaking any rules or doing anything crazy It's bad enough trying to improvise you know. <laughs> Don't, don't just talk to me, talk to him.
0: As well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, it, it's got your names up the front, but you said during the chat in between, it's very much a collective.
1: Yeah, and um, I guess, you know, it came about because, as Graham said, we had two bands which basically had the same line-up. And um, so we thought, well, why are we both hustling for, you know, gigs under our own name, we should just combine and... Um, you know, wanted to get everyone as invested into it as possible and the guys were up for it. So, um but they sort of generously demurred when it came to putting their names in the title to avoid the Polish syndrome. <laughs>
0: Um, you were happy that Jeremy, were you? Didn't
4: say- <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I, I know my place.
3: <laughs> <laughs> actually, I looked
1: down on him. Yeah. Well, actually, Graham and Jeremy looked down on all the rest of us because they're both like six foot six or something ridiculous. But um, no, the Harvey O'Higgins thing was actually a funny kind of coincidence because, as it turns out, there is a Harvey O'Higgins who was an Irish journalist and kind of free thinker yeah, early and feminist early feminist but you know really early
3: a lot of similarity then yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, quite like our own careers. Um, <laughs>
2: and, and much, like, much like the Marx Brothers we've got a member who never speaks who's Josh Morrison who's not here today it. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: It's uh, it's been uh, lovely to get you to come over to the island thanks for taking the time but it's, it's been a lovely festival this the Manhattan Arts Festival and it goes back a great many years when this was first converted from a church into uh, a venue and in fact we've had a good history of jazz coming you know, the piano was played by Stan Tracy wow. they put some new keys on because he left a burning cigarette I think he set fire to the top yeah, a, a jazz cigarette as he described. <laughs> Well, we can uh, imagine only what happened there but there's been Good a number line, of other lovely yeah. pianists there as well, the great John Taylor who's a favourite of mine very much so uh, Gwillem Simcoe has uh, played and Gareth uh, a couple of years ago yeah, was a, uh, so we, we've done well to have some lovely jazz people come to the Isle of Man but uh, what have you got lined up next? The album's obviously just out is there a tour supporting the album? Um,
1: um, let me see it, yeah it's a kind of rolling amount of gigs because we recorded this album uh, as I said to the audience um, Basically, the day it was pretty much the day before the lockdown happened, or two days before the first lockdown, we mm. just kind of managed to get it in mm. in time. Um, so coming out of lockdown, no one had a plan, you know, there were no promoters or musicians knew what the hell was going on. We so we just, <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mic won't pick that up. <laughs> um... Well, I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, anyway. Um, so, um uh yeah we didn't really know how to proceed from that and we just kind of took all the gigs we could and you know did what we could and uh, and i think that's been the pro the, the general plan and a couple of other projects i've had going with o- other people as well that you really do take what you can get at the mm. moment out of lockdown because you know, everyone's operating on a very different schedule some people are, are planning only a few weeks ahead because they don't want to commit themselves to things that that might, might go wrong. Uh, by the same token, there's also people who figure they owe people gigs from before the lockdown and trying to work through two years worth of, of cancelled gigs before they book anything new. So, so promoters are booking anything from like two weeks ahead to two years ahead at the moment. So the
0: logistics that much harder post lockdown. With you're all busy sort of with your own different projects, just getting together even.
1: Yeah, and also the price of a pint has gone up so yeah, meteorically. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's the
4: <biggest> impact.
3: Yeah. <laughs> We were talking to uh, Ralph Towner just uh, last year's London Jazz Festival and we've uh, been fortunate to meet him a few times before and uh, he was saying, coming out of it, and obviously Ralph's got a, a bit of age on him, but he said he found it very hard to get his concert head back on because he'd been so used to just playing at home and not having an audience to deal with and having to concentrate on different things at once. I think one thing London is very lucky to have is a number of great jazz venues which have all survived. New York lost a few during the lockdown, of course, and it's harder coming back, but the other thing I wanted to ask is, somebody said to me, oh, "I remember I've got a great recording of the Dave O'Higgins Bigish Band quite a while ago." Mm-hmm. I have to say, but there's a number of lovely big bands around. A lot of youngsters playing in big bands, which can't possibly make money when they go out to do it, but obviously give a great deal of pleasure. I know we spoke with Gareth Lecrain, who said he was hoping to get another one out again. Do you think the scene in London is really healthy, coming out of uh, colleges and coming into the into the music?
1: Yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's a lot of great musicians coming up um and it, it seems to be a sort of never ending flow in spite of maybe the dwindling demand and fin- financial remuneration that's mm. that's available um, people just keep on wanting to do it which says something for the music you know it seems to sort of get into people you get the bug and you kind of have to do it you're you're you sort of on a mission like the blues brothers you know you're on a you mission calling god <laughs> whoever she is
0: The CD is called That's The Way To Live. Check it out. You'll also find it on Bandcamp if you don't like physical media. Pip Rolfe is the creative director at the Eran Arts Centre and for the Mananin Festival. I grabbed a word at the end of the evening and the end of the festival for 2023 to see how he felt this year's fest had gone.
4: It's gone amazingly well. Yeah, I've I've actually seen shows this year. Like last year, I was just so rushed off my feet that I didn't really get to hang out with anybody or see very much, but I've seen every show, and it's just been a fantastic, fantastic week.
0: And how have the audiences been? Because again, as you were saying, when you plan these things in advance, I suppose you're always thinking, partly trying to think, I suppose, variety. I think people want to see something, you want a bit of variety, something for everyone, but you're always having to think to a
4: degree, partly about the art and partly about bums on seats. I think all the shows have been well attended, and the audiences have been really, really appreciative so yeah it's, it's 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 been a great success as far as i'm concerned and it feels like it's had a nice shape to it i think the the variation in the program has really worked um because there have been some similarities we had two quartets you know with quite similar kind of characteristics but from very different spheres uh obviously finishing off with the jazz band and then starting off with simon armitage who was fantastic um and then we had this in the middle um a a piano recital and of course Kreecht which had only been performed once which was just this sort of beautiful evocative piece by Isla Kallister so yeah the whole thing's had a really nice shape and a, a lovely feel And now I want to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And how's
0: the audience profile been? Because I know there are a lot of regulars who go to stuff week in, week out, year in, year out at the EAC. Do you get sort of new blood coming through the door as well for the manana?
4: Yeah, we definitely have. And I think each event has had, has brought its own kind of little new um, strand of audience, if you like. So, yeah, every single one. There have been people who've been to every event which is lovely, and you know, I, I thank everybody like that for supporting us. Like I said um, in, in, in one of the interval speeches, you know, the, we depend on people to support us, and these, these small venues are quite literally the lifeblood of creative communities, and I say without them, we don't get that next generation of, of actors of musicians, of poets and, and dreamers, and you know, we need those people, so we Absolutely. certainly need them right yeah. now.
0: But we mean and that means makes it all the more important for people to support art centres like this too, because you can't keep going unless people come through the door. No, no, we can't. So does the you uh, said ready for a rest now, enjoy a beer, hard earned uh, beer, and then when do you start thinking about Mananan Festival 2024? Wednesday.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's that far ahead. <laughs> oh no, I'm joking. I I, I don't know. I. I, I I think I'll have a plan in my head sort of in the next few weeks, and then it's basically seeing as well who's available and who we can get. You know, ideas are great, but the reality is sometimes different, yeah. so...
0: And do you have a sort of committee? Is it, do you, as director or creative director, do you dream it all up yourselves, or do you have a sort of round-the-table chat in the office, or...?
4: Um, we have a round-the-table chat, and then I decide what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right, then, isn't it? You are the director. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: listen, it's been great this year. We'll let you crack on with your beer and, uh, yeah, no doubt chat again. And we look forward to Manannan
4: 2024. Brilliant. Thanks, Howard.
0: What a great festival the Manannan is. Long may it continue. And I'm sure with Pip at the helm, it's safe for years to come.
4: Spotlight,
0: brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, another big festival fast coming up on the artistic calendar is Litfest. One of the directors there... Is Helen Jessup and she dropped by to tell us more about Litfest 23.
5: Yes, yeah, so last week of September, so 26th of September into the 1st of October, that's Sunday, so Tuesday to Sunday, nice long six week of six-day event.
0: Oh, it's very nice. And the, is it sort of spread around this year or is it sort of centred in Douglas and moving around different venues?
5: So we've we've tried to spread it back out this mm-hmm. year. Last year, it was sort of a one-off doing it down south because we were trying to bring it back after COVID and mm. keep it a little bit smaller scale. But no, we're we're up to the Finn Bar in Ramsey. and um, We're out to the Centenary in Peel. And then there are a lot happening in Douglas as well. so a bit more central. So hopefully everyone should be able to get to at least... Some things. Yeah. So and that's always
0: been part of the ethos, I think, isn't it? Of trying to sort of make it very inclusive.
5: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we want to try and get as many people as possible at the events who can get there. Yeah, we want to make it really accessible.
0: And what sort of audience has it been attracting in the past? I mean, clearly, you know, a, you sort of think of a literary audience but i think again part of it has tried to be to sort of encourage people who might not necessarily think of themselves as sort of fans of literary works but trying to expand it and get people interested in this in the sort of in the genre as it were of the written word
5: yes yeah, so just just anyone who's mm-hmm. who's interested in you know writing as an art form um, and we're going outside of writing this year again so we've got a storyteller coming and we've also got children's authors coming so you know it's right down from The little little infants, right up to someone who's 150. (laughs) If you're 151, you can't come. (laughs) (laughs) There's an age limit there.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, so let's let's have a preview then of what sort of what's planned, what's happening so far.
5: Okay, so um, big big exciting uh, thing is that our headliner is Sophie Hannah, who is writing the Poirot uh, books with uh, the Agatha Christie estate. So she's doing um, an event on the uh, Thursday night at St. George's in Douglas. So lovely, lovely location, really beautiful inside, talking about um, all the mysteries that she's writing. And then she's running a workshop the day after at the nunnery, and that's the dream author masterclass. And she's been uh, working on this for some years now. This masterclass, and it's all about how you can be the best author you can be. How to, um, you know, get into writing, even if you've never done it before. It should be really, really good, and that's really exciting. We've been trying to get Sophie Hannah over for the past four years, I think. And obviously, the world shut down, yeah, um, for a, a time. So managing to get her over, just even for that short, like she's coming Thursday, she's leaving Friday. She's we're doing two events in that time. Um, we're getting the most out of it that we can so we're yeah, really really excited that that is happening.
0: So that's really good for anyone, who, again particularly budding writers and such like I assume?
5: Yeah absolutely um, and of course if people are budding writers or established writers even we always have Writers Day on the Saturday which is a full day event that has workshops and masterclasses run by local and visiting authors panels, Q&As with visiting authors and poets hopefully as well you know, So people can come and get stuck into doing some writing, even if they've not done it. And then if you have been writing for a while, we've also got a QA and a with a literary agent. So if you're looking for representation or wondering how to approach an agency about representation or publication, you, know, you get lots of hints and tips there as well. So it's really for anyone at any stage in their writing. And that's the great thing about it, is that it's just for everybody, you know. That's, That's what we want, which is wonderful. Okie dokie. And what else is happening? So we have th- this is the one I'm most excited about. I was going to say
0: <laughs> you've you preempted the question there because I always like to hear what the organisers are sort of particularly perhaps yeah. might have a favourite.
5: So we're we're uh. pairing up with um, Fernodery in Ramsey. We've got Fiona Lang coming over, who is a um, drinks writer. She goes around the world and talks to people who have set up distilleries um, and about how um, they they sort of put their own spin on their own gins and things and so she's written a couple of books about gins in england and the history of gin so she's coming over to do an event with finauderie she'll be doing a talk about her writing and her traveling in front of the the stills and things so you'll get to see behind the scenes and then that's followed with a um tasting session with I'm So i'm seeing why you're it. <laughs> yes so included in in the ticket price will be um a set of four uh small gins mm-hmm. for the tasting session that's run by finauderie so uh, yeah it'll be a really lovely a lovely event. Yeah, that's um, something really a bit reasons. different, isn't
0: it? It's quite, quite so. Yeah, very, very imaginative and something sort of thinking outside the box. I guess sort of gin writing and spirit writing. But again, yeah. you only have to look at the bookshelves to see it's a, it's a whole sort of niche world in its own. Sort of writing about food and drinks, a massive market.
5: Yeah, and and you know the gin over has taken off massively. It it's brilliant. So if we can get a visitor to pair up with something more local, that's that's great for for everybody then. So, uh, yeah, we're, there's lots of us very excited about it. I can it. see that one
0: being a sellout.
5: <laughs> yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, we're hopefully getting all the tickets for everything up in the next couple of weeks, and we do anticipate that that will go rather quickly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I think you could be right on that one. Marvellous. Well, if people have survived that.
5: Um, we've got uh, Ben Haggerty coming over for the third time. So last time he was over, he did uh, Frankenstein at the Gaiety, Um, He's performing at Peel Centenary this year and he's doing Greek Myths Unleashed Atalanta. So that is promising to be a really, really exciting evening. He's a one man storyteller. He doesn't have a script that he sticks to. He knows the story and he just sort of adds to it and and makes it every night is unique so we're really really excited to have him last time he came we had a massive audience for him we're in a slightly smaller venue so we do again anticipate that it's it's going to be a rush on tickets for that one there's lots of people very very excited to see him again and then um he's on the friday and then the saturday he's running a full day storytelling workshop so if you're not into the writing down of stories you're more into the oral traditional sort of way of telling stories then he's doing an introduction to storytelling which should be brilliant I would recommend if you do want to come on that you bring a friend because you will be asked to pair up and you know it's always nice to have somebody there that you know if you're feeling Mm -hmm. a bit silly with all the different things you have to do but uh, we'll we'll find you a partner if if not you know don't let that put you off and that's that's
0: quite interesting isn't it because it's it's I think, you know, writing has never died out and is you know, never more popular than it's been now, I guess, in many ways, but the art of storytelling, oral storytelling, is, is sort of in comparison, I think, seems to be a bit of a sort of a dying art. You know, you don't don't seem to see it in the same way as perhaps you, you did hitherto, and certainly in other cultures other than our own, it's still quite prevalent, but here, you don't often hear or see so many storytellers rather than authors, do you?
5: No, there is a small storytelling group on the island, but it is very, very small, um, and I think it's a shame, I think it's a really, really lovely art form, you know, and it is something that is so traditional and so passed down, mm. that idea of passing down things through generations is, is so important.
0: And I think it's, as you say, it's going down through the generations, and of course, I suppose part of it, ever since language and the written form of language existed, storytelling I suppose wasn't quite as important because people would write them all down, whereas hitherto... Yeah. It was just a case of the storytellers would tell the next generation and then tell the next generation, and it was all spoken word.
5: Yeah, and, and that's how sort of things evolved and changed mm-hmm. as well, because as you're telling one person, they're adding a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's very exciting about the way Ben does it, is that because he doesn't have that script, he can sort of add new things or take things out and rework it and work it to the audience he's got. You know, so it's, it keeps to that sort of uh, tradition as well, which is, which is brilliant.
0: Terrific. That sounds very good indeed, and something really a bit different, which is lovely. Uh, and that's on when the Saturday, which nice that?
5: That's Friday night, and then the workshop is on the Saturday, all-day Saturday.
0: And we'll hear more from Helen next week. Before we go, don't forget there's another wonderful concert coming up in the Ramsey Music Society Summer Series. The next concert is on Monday the 10th of July, and it features Philippa Mo on violin and Albert Lau, On piano, Philippa studied at the Royal Academy of Music in London, also the Central Conservatory of Music in Beijing, performs extensively as a chamber musician, has performed around the world in Munich, Ulaanbaatar, Ankara, New York, Australia, Brazil, China, you name it. She's won numerous awards, is a fluent Mandarin speaker as well, and rides a classic motorbike, a very rare Italian two-stroke Cagiva Raptor, I love that. She plays a violin, which dates back to 1786. Albert Lau, a Steinway artist, appointed in 2022, born in Hong Kong, started his classical piano training at the age of seven. He studied at the Royal Academy of Music in London and won numerous prestigious awards. They will be performing a programme which includes music by Elgar, Raspighi, Chopin and Debussy. And again, that's on July the 10th, 7.30pm. It's at the Ramsey Grammar School West Building in Lazare Road, Ramsey, as usual. Just £12. An absolute bargain. It really is for artists of this calibre, including refreshments. What's not to like? Students and children? Totally free. You couldn't get any cheaper, frankly. Go along and support it. It's bound to be wonderful. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst harvesting a few courgettes for a summer souffle? See you next week when we'll hear about a Manx jungle book. Look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio.